This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Age Changer Show. We are so glad that you joined us, and it is the vision and the mission of Summit Life Ministry to elevate, to equip, and to empower. We have a passion to elevate the vision of the church, uh, to see our identity through the framework of God's eternal purpose. We want to not me-center our life or self-center our life, but we want to God-center our life. And as a result of elevating our vision, we want to equip God's people to live with an eternal perspective as we are in pursuit of the upward call that is found and discovered by a life in Christ Jesus. And lastly, we want to empower and encourage the church to boldly live out their lives in a fullness of faith, a fullness of faith that is contending for fullness. And that means that as our our faith is quickened within us, as Christ matures and develops that faith within us, it will manifest through us and out of us in a walk of obedience unto him. And that is our desire. Well, we have not uh, taught for quite some time. We had a little bit of a interruption in some of the episodes that we posted, and that was due to some of the busyness of our life and uh, the schedules that we were trying to keep. But we are wanting to continue on a theme that we had been teaching on called Contending for Fullness. And I want to start back where we left off in episode 96, and this is the 97th episode of the Age Changer Show, but we want to pick up where we left off, but we may do just a little bit of review. We want to go back to Colossians chapter 3. So if you have a device or if you have a hard copy of the scripture, I want to encourage you to follow along with me. And before we read the word, I want to just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to aid, to help us, to quicken us, to lead us into truth, the truth that is found in Christ Jesus, to lead us into the depths of the reality of who he is. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to do that as we take just a few moments to focus upon the word of God. We believe that you have given us the scripture and it is, it is a gift that has been breathed out by you. And we say yes and amen to Genesis through Revelation. And we believe that these words that you have given to us in the Bible can quicken us and make us alive as the Holy Spirit reveals them unto us. We say that we are blind and we are deaf unless your spirit comes and aids us. And so, Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would would come and open up the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our understanding, that we would know Jesus more deeply and more intimately. And I thank you for that. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this passage of Scripture reads this way, verses 1 through 4. It says, If then... You have been raised 
with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So we are wanting to have Jesus author and develop our faith to contend for the fullness of what Jesus came to give to us and what he died for so that it could be released to us. Now, Sunday, I had the opportunity uh, as a part of a teaching team and sharing on a Sunday mo- in a Sunday morning service. And I shared with the congregation that I was sharing with that there are two primary purposes that we discover in Scripture uh, where we know why Christ came. Those two primary purposes are, first of all, it says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he would destroy the works of the devil. This tells us the, the, the term or the word works there means a labyrinth, uh, an extensive web, and a labyrinth of deception, you know, uh, a a knot that was tied that could not be unraveled. Uh, There was this uh, ingenious web of deception that Satan was able uh, to form to entrap mankind and then to hold him in spiritual slavery and death. But Jesus came that those knots could be untied. He came to break the chains. He came to deliver us from the domain, the authority of the kingdom of darkness and us having to uh, be subjugated by the hierarchy of darkness. Jesus came and set the captive free. But it's not that he just set us free. We were set free so that he could release to us something even greater than freedom. He gave us our freedom so that he could impart to us his life. So one of the favorite scriptures that most Bible-believing Christians love to quote, love to declare, is the, the statement that Jesus made. He said, the thief came to steal, to kill, and destroy. He, he, he loves to steal life destroy life. He wants to to kill any dimension of the expression of the image of God that God originally, with his original intent, created us to experience. He wants to destroy the image of God, the glory of God that we reflect back to God as a part of his creation. But he said, I came that you might have life and have that life in abundance. The word life there in the Greek is the word zoe. It means a God kind or a God quality type of life. And when you look at the synonyms of what abundant or abundantly 
means in the Greek. It means that it's, it's overflowing with surplus. It's extreme. It's excessive. It is effervescing life. It's a life that is without limits. And so Sunday when I was ministering uh, to the congregation that I was teaching, I said, are you willing and are you desirous to allow God to God-size your life? And so that's why in these teachings, I have wanted to encourage but also spiritually stimulate and provoke you to reach for more. Paul used in Philippians chapter three, that same type of language where he uses the metaphor and the analogy of a, a, a championship runner that, that is running a marathon, that is running the race. And he said that as he reaches the finish line, he is pressing and he's leaning in and he's reaching forth for the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. My heart for you, and I know God's heart for you, and hopefully my heart is a small reflection of the immensity of God's passion and his heart for you, is that all that Jesus came to give you, all that he died so that it could be released to you, uh, that, that you would leave nothing on the table, that you would, you would say, God, I'm gonna go for it. I want all that you have for me and I want to experience a life without limits, a life that is filled with the riches and the glory and the beauty that is found in Christ Jesus. Because that type of God kind of life through a human expression was expressed through the person of Jesus Christ. Now he was God manifested in the flesh. He was total deity, totally divine. He was, he was eternal God, but yet when he entered into time and space uh, and took upon uh, human form, he limited his experience to a human experience. He did not use his... Uh, God attributes to attain or to experience the supernatural things that occurred in the life of Jesus Christ. No, he was a man that was anointed by the Holy Spirit with a, a will that was fully surrendered to the uh, Father. And his life is a demonstration of what new life in Christ can be like if we allow God to do in us what he de desires to do. Now, in this passage specifically, and this is where we left off, we are encouraged by the Apostle Paul. And he says this, if you've been raised with Christ, and we know that we have been raised with Christ because we become partakers with him of his resurrection life. Jesus was raised from the dead, but he was raised on purpose, for a purpose, to experience what we call an ascension life. And he says, if you also are co-crucified with Christ and you've died with Christ, but also you have been co-raised, you are a co-inheritor of resurrection life, then this is what we're to do with that resurrection life 
that we have been given. This new life, this resurrection life, this opportunity to live again, but in a different way, in a different dimension of life that is not just about human existence, but this is about a God kind and quality of life. He said, if you've been raised to live again and to express the life of Jesus, resurrection life, then this is what Paul said you should be doing. He said, seek the things that are above where Christ is. What is amazing to me is that when the disciples watch Jesus ascend out of their sight, after he was with them for 40 days after the resurrection. And the book of Acts tells us that Jesus used these 40 days post-resurrection to teach the, the early apostles and the early disciples about the kingdom of God and about how the kingdom works, about life in the kingdom. But he also showed them and taught them how that he fulfilled all the scriptures. And that in retrospect, he showed them what they were blind to see originally, that Christ was to suffer and die, but he was to be raised again the third day. But then Jesus gathers them out to the Mount of Olives and he ascends into heaven. But it says that as he ascended out of their sight, because a cloud obscured uh, their vision of seeing him. And, and as soon as he was taken up and the cloud intercepted him, he, they lost visual contact with Jesus. And I, I just happened to think that for many of those individuals, it was probably out of sight. And unfortunately, then Christ uh, was no longer in their thoughts, no longer in their mind. And many Christians right now, uh, they are totally in their mind and in their thinking in their heart, disconnected from where Jesus is and the life that he is experiencing right now, his ascension life. You go, well, he's up there and he's ruling and he's reigning and he's enjoying heaven. But we must take a deeper look at that thought. Because Jesus's ascension life was a unique thing that had never happened before to any human being. Jesus was a forerunner. Jesus was a trailblazer. Jesus was going someplace where no man had gone before. The Bible had told us that clearly all the way back into the, the early books of the Old Testament that no man can see God and live. Also, the New Testament in the book of John echoes that same sentiment, but it states emphatically, no man has ever seen God and lived. So here is this prohibition that men are not allowed to have a face-to-face, -face, a, a full-face encounter with God. And you go, but Moses, Moses saw God and lived yeah, but God said, I'm only going to allow you to see a part of me. Matter of fact, you're not going to have a face-to-face -face encounter. I'm going to hide you under a rock cliff, and I'm going to protect you under the shadow of that rock. 
and I'm going to pass before you and I'm going to cover my, my person with my hand and overshadow you. And then at the last second, as my, as, as I pass by you, I'm going to let you see behind me, my backside. And he said, you're not going to be able to see my face, but I'm just going to let you catch a glimpse. I'm going to remove my hand from the rock cliff and I'm going to let you uh, uh, catch a glimpse of me. So Moses survived that experience because he did not look God in the eyes. But now, because Jesus was a perfect man who lived a sinless life and fulfilled all the righteous commands of the law, and now he has paid the sin debt for humanity. He has now been vindicated in his sinlessness and the authenticity and the legitimacy of the work of God, which he has accomplished. God raised him from the dead, which is an exclamation point that gives evidence and proof that what Jesus did on the cross for us, his sinless life, his atoning death, actually accomplished what he said that he was going to do and what others bore witness about his life mission. And it was, behold the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. God vindicated him and he raised him from the dead. But then now he ascends back to heaven, but he does not divest his human body. Before he entered into the earth realm, into time and space, He eternally existed with the Father as the eternal Word, as the eternal Son. But obviously, he had no human nature. But he entered in, took upon human nature, and so he was one person, but with two distinct, unique natures. A divine nature, the nature of divinity, but he also had the nature of humanity. Many people mistakenly think that when Jesus was raised from the dead, that and, and that he, when he ascended up, it's like that he took off the earth suit and went back to heaven to, to only have one nature. He's one person, but he will forever have two natures. He will forever be God, but he will also forever be man. So for the first time in human history or the history of humans, a man was going to be raised from the dead, ascend unto God, but then he was going to be highly exalted. He was going to go through a coronation to be declared the rightful heir of the kingdom of God. That the God-man, the man Christ Jesus, would now be declared the rightful heir of the kingdom of God and that he would be Lord of the universe, King of kings, Lord of lords. He would be Lord of the universe, the Lord of everything in the unseen realm and everything in the seen realm, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, we say. The Bible says that his name was exalted above all principalities and powers. Every throne, every dimension of authority, every hierarchy of authority, every angelic uh, host in hierarchy. 
He was exalted above them. But in that uh, moment where he was coronated by God, Daniel had a vision of this, and I'm going to take time to go there, where Daniel said the son of man, the son of Adam, the son of Adam was brought near to the ancient of days. If you will, I want you to go over with me to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And let me take time to get there because I didn't know I was necessarily going to go there uh, today. But let's look at this. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel had some of the most profound prophetic visions, not only uh, in, in God giving him insight and discernment for the days and the times in which he lived, but also God gave Daniel visions of the last days. But not just the final days, Daniel had visions of things that were going to transpire in the first coming of Jesus as the Messiah. And when the kingdom of God was going to be inaugurated in the earth. Now, one of the things that it says in verse 13, he said, I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. Every time you read in the Old Testament, the term man, it is the term Adam or in the Hebrew, we would say Adam. So clearly this is a man and it is, it is an, uh, um, a relative that is directly connected to the ancestry of Adam. You go, wow, why is that so significant? Because here we see a man being uh, in, with the clouds of heaven coming, but where is he coming to? It says, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented to him. Many people jump to a conclusion when they look at this passage of scripture because of the language of the clouds of heaven. Because we know in the New Testament, Jesus said, when he returns back to earth, he will come in the clouds of heaven. That is what we call, uh, a, you know, apocalyptic language. It's, it's, it's a moment where, where God is doing a massive work. And so people see that the Son of Man is coming in the clouds of heaven, and they want to just say, well, this is a, a vision of Jesus coming back to earth. No, I want us to look at this more carefully and closely. It says, and he came to the ancient of days. This son of Adam ascended up and the clouds of glory, the clouds of heaven surrounded him, but he was transported and translated into the very domain, what we call the Holy of Holies, the very throne room of the Father, the Ancient of Days. Well, we've run out of time and we're going to pick up right where we leave off today. We're going to pick up in the next episode. We love you guys. Thank you uh, for joining us. If you will, uh, because we want this message uh, of equipping the saints and encouraging, elevating, empowering uh, believers uh, to multiply. And I know that there are many Christians that need to deepen their walk with the Lord. 
So we ask you to please like this, listen, and share. Bless you guys. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.